Uh, after 20 years uh, away from home, he sometimes it's good to go away from home. Sometimes it's good to get away from parents a little bit uh, and get out and learn a couple things here and there. Uh, it's not always good uh, to do it the way he did it, but it is a good way to do it. So uh, hang on a second. I, get, I think I got two Genesis 31s here. Yeah, amen. Yeah, amen. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do it. Genesis 31, uh, 31 uh, that's verse 7. Let me see, where am I going to go? Let's go back to ver verse 13. We'll start there and just buzz right on through. Just about done with 13. Verse 13. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob is sitting here, the Lord's talking to him, says, I am, and he repeats it over in verse 3. Go back to 3 real quick, and it says, And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers, and to thy kindred, and I will be with you. Jacob has a, a dialogue there that he, he kind of makes up as he goes down through there, verse 4 through 12. And then 13, it says, I am, I am the God of Bethel, uh, where thou anointest the pillar, and where uh, thou uh, vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out of the land, and return unto the, the land of thy kindred. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for all you've done. Bless now this morning, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We got Brother Dave came back. Uh, so y'all, y'all pray for him. He's uh, this. He's in snow now. Uh, he's back into the real world, and he's usually all of his meetings are down south or somewhere else in this time of year, probably. But now he knows what a snowball is and, and knows what the white stuff is out there. Lord blessed and gave him clean roads. He didn't have to shovel nothing, so that's cool. Y'all, y'all thank God for that. But Jacob, Jacob is sitting here, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of lessons to learn here. I'm passing out. I got three more of those prayer books in. Uh, uh, Inbounds complete works of prayer. I think two of them are given away. One of them I have to keep for me. Uh, so uh, if I told you you could have one, come and see me. Tonight I'll have them. Uh, I know there's two of them that uh, I, I told people I'd give them to. I think it was Hannah and, and uh, Josh. So uh, if you want one, let me know. But I'm telling you, the, the read it if I give it to you or you ask for it. Please read it. Uh, it will change your life. Uh, what's wrong with most people? Brother Spurgeon and I was talking earlier. Uh, you get so busy in life that prayer goes off to the wayside. Uh, the more you can learn, that's why I like the way the Navy trains or the military in general. Uh, they, they set you apart out there somewhere and they go sit over here and, and just learn. And we'll pay for your food, we'll pay for your housing, we'll pay for everything you need, your clothes and all that other stuff. All you got to do is pass the courses. So they, they eliminate everything, obstacles out of your life so that you can maintain what you're doing. And the problem with a lot of people is you can't, you can't make that time up as, as you get older and older and older. It, Time, life just goes on, it don't stop, and you're sitting there trying to catch up with everything you're doing, and to stop and make time to do what, what the Lord wants you to do is rough. Once you got a wife in there and kids in there, if you're a husband, if you're a wife and you have kids, uh, it's almost impossible to slow down. All you can do is, oh God, I mean, it's like and you need Nehemiah prayers, they're all Nehemiah. There has to be a time somewhere where you stop and say, Lord, it's me. And you, and I need a few minutes here, but just me and you, prayer time, come boldly into the throne of grace. I need some prayer time. So get a hold of that thing and read it uh, and, and apply it. Brother, it's just like your Bible. I've been to a lot of churches, and I've heard a lot of people preach over the years, and they say a lot of things. And the problem with us is we're not applying it. Hearing the Word of God and not applying it is a waste of time. 
You'd be better off to go and do something, eat donuts or something. I don't know. But if you're going to hear the word of God and not, not let it, this is from God. This is from God. This isn't, this isn't something that is like Bazooka Joe bubblegum wrappers or a comic book or something like that. No, this is from God. And he's trying to get you to do something, trying to get you to move a little bit down the road a bit. Uh, brother, he, he, he says, it's not in man to direct your steps. You couldn't direct him if you wanted to. It's not going to end up where it needs to end up. Your steps aren't. Your path in life is chosen. God has a plan for you. Whether you do it or not is irrelevant. But if you listen to him, he'll say, do this and do this and do this. And sometimes you just got to slow down a little bit to do it. You know what Jacob didn't? He didn't do any of that. You wonder why he spent 20 years on the backside of the desert with Laban? Because he didn't do any of that. Now, he may have still had to go to Laban to get a wife, but he may have been back earlier. Late, 13. Lord says, and I am the God of Bethel. He identifies himself as who he is. You remember Jacob now? You remember when you were back there talking to me and we were up on that mountainside and you had rocks for pillars, pillows and you sit there and we sit there talking and you made a vow to me? He said, I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar and where thou vowest a vow unto me. A vow is one of those strange things. Uh, it's one of those things where all of a sudden we'll say, hey, I want this. And then when it comes time to doing what you said, we don't want to do that. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've done that in my life a whole bunch of times. Uh, I've learned a lot of lessons in life, and now uh, when I get myself into something, I try to finish. My problem is I get myself in way too many things. And then I tell people I can do things, and then I don't have the time. There's not enough time in the day to do all the things. You, the, the, the thought is okay, it's right, it's wrong for saying it. Uh, you'd be better off saying, no, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> I just can't do that, though, for some reason. I don't know why that is. God remembers. I said this last time. I'm just going to go through them real quick and get right where I was at. Uh, God remembers everything that we do and the detail in how we did it. He remembered Genesis 20, 28, 18. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stones he had put for his pillar, pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon it and called the name of that place. So he, he knew exactly where he was at. God never forgot one moment where uh, Jacob was, where he came from, what he was doing. Uh, one thing about God, God has a plan. The Lord has a plan, always has a plan. Uh, and if you're in his plan, he will get you right where you need to be so you can do what you need to do so he can ha his plan will be furthered on down the road. It's going to be furthered on down the road. Sometimes we fight against him. And, brother, the best thing you can do is just give up. I mean, just give up. Here's, here's the deal. You got God and the devil. You got the Lord Jesus Christ and you got Satan. You're going to serve one of those in some form or another. The best thing you can do is just shut this one down and serve the Lord with all your might and give it up. You say, well, I'd, I'd rather be the, the prodigal son or I would rather be the son that was told to go out and, in the field and work and said no and then did it and did it bitterly than not to do it at all. I mean, I'd rather at least be headed in the right direction with the Lord and let the Lord kind of, brother, this thing called the flesh is just one of those terrible things. Man, I... I got a morning message, man. I can't wait till I get to preach it. I might actually get something out of it this time. God remembers everything uh, that we say and will detail and the detail in which we said it. Jacob said I was going to vow, vow. If God will be with me, see, God's not with him yet. And you got to give Jacob a little break here because he doesn't have the Lord quite like we have him. Uh, Jacob is still learning, and uh, he's got a few more years. And uh, I think he, he had 147 years or something like that when he was in front of Pharaoh. And so he has a few more years that he can learn some things that, that we didn't learn. So Jacob is, is picking up a few things. And he sat there and told the Lord, he said, if, if you will, 
He says, uh, let me get back to that verse again. Verse 6. He says, if, if you will be with me, this is his vow, and will keep me in the way that I go, which God did. 20 years he's been taking care of him. Sometimes God is silent. He'll let you go and go and go and go and go and go until he sees that you've learned the message. Uh, sometimes we take, uh, young Christians are, are it's deadly, uh, we take them out of the cooker way too early. Uh, we don't give them time to grow in grace and knowledge like they should. Uh, we, we try to push them. Parents are bad at that. We, we do some of the hardest things on We push them into things that, that they probably shouldn't be involved in to start with. And then, then when they turn out, like they, well, you get them attached to something, and it's hard to let, get them to let go of that thing. Uh, this world is a hard thing. Peer pressure is one of the hardest things you'll ever get. Jacob, Jacob's mom took care of him, did all this stuff for him, got him out there, got him in trouble. But Jacob is sitting here, and he knows that Isaac, his father, had a walk with God, and he knew Abraham had a walk with God. Uh, Jake, Jacob uh, probably knew of, of uh, uh, Shem a little bit. Uh, there's a few other things. When you start looking back at the time frames and the timelines, uh, Jacob wasn't too far from Shem. So uh, he knew so he'd seen the hand of God, but he just really never knew it. He says, and give me bread to eat. Give me the food I need. Then he goes on and says, and raiment to put on clothes. And, and so and then I come again to my father's house in peace. Well, he didn't know it was going to be 20 years. Uh, you need to be careful now when you pray what you pray for and what you ask the Lord for. Because the Lord is going to, going to expect you to do what you said you're going to do. Uh, I told him about this church. I, I, I started this thing 15, 16, 17 years ago in the garage. And then uh, we took, took it over when we got this building. And uh, I made a deal with God. And I'm telling you, he has done his part all the way through. Uh, what he then says is, now are you going to do yours? Well, it isn't really. Are you, he gives you the option. But he really expects you to do what you say you're going to do. Because if you don't, he will stop. He told me what, what he would do, and I accepted his agreement. That's where Jacob is right now. Brethren, if you think that I've learned all this, all my, no, no, I read my Bible, I watch these men do it, and I'm like, that's how it's done. I had a brother one time says, he says, you've been watching preachers. Because he walked in there and said, how did you do this, knowing that I'm not incapable of doing it on my own? <laughs> I mean, that was, the, that was the, the politically correct way to say that, I guess. Uh, you don't have the ability to do what you're doing here. I'm like, okay, I got that. He goes, how did you do this? I said, well, I'll watch this preacher, that preacher, this preacher, that preacher, this preacher. And he had this and this and this and this, but he had these other bad things. The other one had these bad. So I took all the good stuff that I've seen these guys have, and I just incorporated that. I said, well, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I just don't need to do these other things. That's right. uh, and I'm going to do this. I don't like chairs. If you know somebody's got chairs, they can have chairs. I don't really care about chairs. I sit in, in a class one night, and Dr. Rome said, everyone's going to have a church, man. You've got to have it like this. It's got to have pews. got to have pews. Everything's got to And actually, you need to raise it up. You've got to build from there. You need to raise it up. So we, I'm like, it's not a, a, a movie theater. <laughs> it needs to raise up in the back, like in the back, so the people in the back can see over the people in the front. And I, I'm like, no, but I like the pew thing. I said, I got that. The pews are good. I said, if you're going to build it. He's, and you know what his reasoning was? He said, so when somebody walks into a church, it feels like a church. It doesn't feel like an auditorium. It feels like a church. And they actually feel like they just walked into a church. And once they walk into a church, that, that all goes off to the wayside. Because now they're, if they walk in and the walls, when we first bought this place, it was black. They walk in and everything looks the way it did. They're like, what am I going to get here, man? So they're worried about it. You remove all of that. 
So when you come in, you get a chance to minister them. Tell them that, how wicked they are. That's what you need to do, man. They just, you're wicked. You're on your way to hell. You need to get saved. I mean, that's just, that's really, you know, the whole message of this thing. You're wicked. He's righteous. You're going to hell. You need to get out of it and get saved. That's it. That's the whole, that's the message. It, and you can say it a lot of different ways. I'm sure there's more pleasant ways to say it. Uh, but that's usually the way you say it. I mean, it's just somehow you try to get that thing across. Everything that Jesus did, we're getting ready to come up on Easter, and it's really the resurrection. It's a, the King James Bible is the only Bible on the face of this planet that has that word translated right. It's, if you get a King James Bible, it has the word Easter in there. Easter has nothing to do. I was out there looking for something today, and here's all these Easter eggs. I'm like, what in the world possibly could an Easter egg have to do with Jesus Christ? Then they throw the Easter bunny in on top of that. What in the world does an Easter bunny have to do with an egg? They don't have, bunnies don't have eggs. They have little bunnies. Is that correct? I'm looking right at Hannah. Hannah, are you, a, you, you have rabbits? Do rabbits have eggs? They have bunnies. Thank you. I should have looked at Steve. Steve would have probably done the same thing. <laughs> so, so what is an Easter bunny? And a, there is, there is, I can tell you what it does. But it means absolutely nothing. But the whole world will have Easter egg hunts. Why? Why? What does that have to And you know what that does? It just muddles the water. It muddies the water. And then you try to reach somebody, and then they want you to have an Easter egg hunt so the little kids can get their little Easter. I like jelly beans. I think those things are great, man. I like jelly belly. I like all that stuff. My belly, I, I, I got to lose weight. I got to lose more weight, man. Anyways, back to this. I'm, I'm digressing. If, if Jacob is sitting there, and he's told God exactly what he's going to do, and if God has done his part, then he expects the, the recipient to do his or her part. And, brethren, that's where this walk comes in. I'm telling you, 1980, I got saved. I wouldn't trade one moment of that. And I have really never fought, found anybody, brother, anybody that's ever done that, that's given their life to Jesus Christ and, and made a serious effort, a serious effort to place him in their lives. It will start very slow, and it always does, because there's no way that you can do what I'm doing today or Brother Dave or anybody's doing day one. If you think you can, you're arrogant at that point. You can't do it. The Lord will work you through some things and get you a contrite and broken heart. That's what he's looking for, a spirit, a humbled spirit. That's what he's looking for. You say, Mike, you don't sound very humble. Well, you, I'm telling you what, man, there's, there's a whole lot more behind that than what you think. There is confidence that comes in over the period of time and years of effort goes into that thing. But when I started that thing, it was a very slow walk. But I knew the day I got into this thing, if I'm going to get into this thing, I need to get in it and make an effort on my part. And I watched him do his part. Then, and there's always little stuff. And then I do my part. And then he do his part. And then I do my part. And then he do his part. And then I do my part. And now I'm out here. Guess what I'm watching? I'm watching him do his part. I do my part. Him do his part. I do my part. Right. Same exact thing. Never changed. More difficult maybe. But I had to learn that thing. I wouldn't trade one moment of that for anything on this planet. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. You keep all the money. I don't care how much money you give me. It doesn't matter. Because one of these days I know I'm going to die. And, and they were talking about, you know, all these movie stars, I was, I was out there looking around doing something, and Bruce Willis has got dementia or Alzheimer's, dementia, yeah, some frontal lobe dementia or whatever. And he's, he's my age. I'm thinking, baby, I've got that. <laughs> so I look up the symptoms, and I, you know, you look up the symptoms for anything, and you probably got everything. Back to this. 
Uh, Jacob came in with nothing. He's leaving. I'm going to say this real quick. Came in with nothing but the clothes on his back. Now he has five, uh, four wives, 11 sons, one daughter. Uh, Jacob has all of Laban's flocks. Uh, Jacob has become a mighty man of the land. Uh, the danger in our lives, and I said this last week, is uh, that we'll, uh, that we're Jacob. The danger in our lives, as in Jacob's, would be staying where we are not supposed to be or leaving where we are supposed to be uh, without the direct guidance of God. God sometimes will tell you to stay, stay, stay. Sometimes he'll tell you to go. And if you go, you'll, I'll tell you, here's how it works. It's always worked for me this way. It always will work. I knew that if the Lord told me what to do, if it was really him, this is my Gideon thing. If it's really him, the pastor of the church I'm in will agree with what I'm going to do. And for 43 years, that has held true. If the Lord wants me to do something, he would, he'll never usurp the authority of the local church to get me to do what I'm going to do. It has to be in conjunction. I've had them get mad at me and yell at me and call me everything but human. And then out of their mouths come exactly what the Lord said. I had one guy so mad at me, he, his wife called me while I'm on my knees in prayer. The phone rings, ring, 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 ring. I'm like, God, can you have that phone stop, Lord? I'm trying to pray to you and talk to you in Jesus' name. Can you get that phone to quit ringing? And it quit. A few seconds later, ring, 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 ring. Finally, I stopped my praying, answered the phone. It's his wife. She goes, you got a meeting with him here in a little bit. I said, yep, that's why I'm praying. <laughs> she goes, he's mad at you. I'm like, oh, God. Well, I knew I was going to go to PBI. I already knew it. And that's where I'm headed. There's nothing you can do about that. The Lord already told me about that. But I said, Lord, if I'm really supposed to go, he will tell me. I said, but he'll never tell me that. He'll never tell me that. He's a PBI grad. Here's the problem. A lot of people want to keep everybody in their church 24-7. You are sheep. The best I could possibly be as a pastor, the best. I am not your Lord. That's Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, he may tell you to do something sometime, and I'll think you're a nut. That's because I think you're a nut. But you probably think I'm a nut. So, I mean, we're even. But when you sit there and look at it, if the Lord's in it, well, anyways, I go talk to this pastor, and I get up there, and his little face is red, and he's mad. He's ready to just, just to give me the riot act. I said, let's pray first. So I said, Father, blah, 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 blah. and I look up, and he's still mad. He tells me this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And he goes, and you know what you need to do? You know what you need to do? You need to go to Bible college. That's what you need to do. I'm like, whoa, that was, that was unexpected. <laughs> that's what I did. So you know what you do? You get God's direction. He'll direct you. He'll direct you. That's what Jacob never got that stuff, man. He didn't do it. Uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob has been out of the will of God for 20 years. And he got out of the will of God by listening to somebody. That's his mom. Now, Jacob's an old man at this time. He's not a young man anymore. And he wasn't a young man when he, got, he left the place to start with. Uh, he, he cheated Esau, his brother. He cheated, took, took his birthright away from him, uh, cheated him, listened to it. Then his mom, oh, man, his mom says, hey, I'll take the blame. Well, if Jacob would have went there and, and Isaac got mad and said the wrong words, Jacob could have been cursed. Uh, Rachel would never have been able to take that curse. And she said, I'll take it. Uh, he says, listen to, and trust her, lie to your father, steal the blessing of your brother, and leave the land of your brother. And that was his mom's advice. That wasn't God's advice. That was Jacob. But he, you know, the Lord never stopped Jacob from doing that. Just like he won't stop you and I from doing what we're going to do. If you don't have the Lord in the thing, he'll sit back and let you do it. And when you get out there and you start crying, and you will cry. 
If you have any inkling toward God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ, any inkling at all, you'll get out there in a place and you will cry. You might as well cry on this side where you're at before you get out there in the far country where the prodigal was with the pigs eating the slop they got. And then all of a sudden you come to yourself and you're like, oh, Lord, and he'll be right there. He'll listen to you and he'll say, yeah, you got something to say? (laughs) Remember, I tried to tell you not to come here. And you didn't listen because you just had to have what your friends all had. You just had to have, and you think you know everything. Guess what? You don't know, and I don't know everything. I still listen to people. There is preachers, uh, I'll talk now, there's some I'll be careful with, uh, but there's preachers I will talk to, and I, they will say stuff, and I will listen to exactly what they have to say. Uh, why? Because at 65, I don't have the time to mess up. I really don't. Uh, to recover at 20 is easy, maybe a little bit easier than 30, then 40, 50. Time you get 65, 70 years old, uh, financially, all that other stuff, you just can't recover as fast as you used to recover. And, uh, and it's just not worth it. It's not worth the mess. It really isn't. Jacob, Jacob is, is uh, he's got everything and he was told to leave. Now he's 20 years into this thing. He's got uh, uh, Laban's all mad at him because he stole basically. Laban stole, Jacob stole Laban's flocks. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. He stole them. He was put, don't, don't ever do that. He was put in charge of taking care of Laban's flock. Jacob purposely did what he did to cause those sheep and everything else to reproduce a different way so he could get them. He stole them. That would be no different than me going down to Walmart and doing what I want to do and, and go in there and start manipulating their software on their computers and have their trucks deliver a load of stuff to someplace else. It's the same exact thing. God could have gave Jacob two sheep, and he could have blessed those sheep, and he could have had 10,000 like Abraham up on the side of the mountain. Or Lot. Lot was wicked as the day is long, and God gave him a bunch of stuff. He said their, their herds were too big, they couldn't dwell together. You never seen either one of them do the shenanigans Jacob did. And, and everybody says, uh, Jacob takes a lot of heat, man. You know, what I'm, you know what I thank God for? He put Jacob in the Bible. I'll shake Jacob's hand when I get to heaven. That guy, I'll say, Jacob, man, I'm, thank you for doing what you Not thank you for doing what you did. But thank you that, well, you probably didn't have much to say about it anyways. God's going to put it in there whether you want it or not. But brother, I said, I really appreciate those, those lessons that you learned that I don't have to re- reproduce. And uh, so Jacob, Jacob, let me get the page eight. Where's my page eight? I lost my page eight there for a second. Ten, eight. I did it somewhere. I don't want to jump too fast because then uh, Michael will think that I'm going to get out of it. Here we go. Here we go. All right. So now here we are. Rebecca, verse 40, uh, she tells him to do all this stuff. Rebecca is working off the threat and not trusting the Lord to take care of either of her sons. So this is all the stuff that's happened to him 20 years ago. That's why Rebecca made her decisions. Uh, she advised her son to go far uh, to a far-off land and sojourn until her brother cools off, get the anger out of him. Then she convinces him that it'll only be for a few days, and Jacob is sitting there going, yeah, 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 because Jacob wanted something. He wanted that blessing. And there's nothing wrong with wanting the blessing of God. There's a way to get it. You don't have to... Brother, you don't have to, there's plenty of it to go around. I remember one time I was sitting there praying. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, I'm not much of this. and I'm not, There's just so many other people out there that I look and I think they're further down the road than where I'm at. And I said, when I get to heaven, I said, okay, I got the verse. I'd rather be a, a, a doorkeeper in the house of my God. 
I said, okay, being humble, you know, being as humble as I could be possibly. I said, okay, Lord, I'll just, I'll just follow these doorknobs and everything. <laughs> While everybody else, and I keep thinking this rock concert where they're all down there at the front of the stage having a great time, and I'm way back in the dark somewhere polishing a doorknob. And uh, the Lord said, uh, what's, you know that verse where it says, there's no shadows in heaven? The shadow, no shadow of turning? He said, what's that mean? I said, well, there's no, there's no darkness there. He goes, well, what does that actually mean? Well, the light of you are, is everywhere. He goes, what does that actually mean? I said, that means you're everywhere. So that means I'm just as much at that doorknob as I am down there. He said, you'll have just as much of me at that doorknob as you will down there. So just shut up. I said, okay. <laughs> you don't ever have to worry. There's plenty of him to go around. And there's no difference. If he has somebody and he enabled them to do something and he never enabled you to do what they're doing, quit trying to be them. Amen. Be you. Guess what? He'll enable you to do what you need to do. I'll tell you what the first thing you need to do is get saved. That's, that's the bottom line, man. There ain't no other way to do that. There's no other way to start this thing than do that. I had to start on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, 1980, and I've been doing it ever since. Uh, so Rebecca convinced him to do Squarely places the burden. Now she's, she's saying... For what you did to your brother, man, you need to leave town. Wait a second, Mom, you talked me into this. But I'm going to tell you, you there's no, that's no excuse. What somebody else talks you into is still no excuse. You are guilty. I am guilty. I'm guilty, 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 guilty. I'll even take some of yours, man. I, I mean, you might as well. It doesn't matter. Like, there's, it only takes one little sin to throw a person to hell. Uh, she, uh, she convinces him places the guilt on him for stealing from Esau that she convinced him to do. Uh, she said uh, that she would fetch him back, which she never did. He, she never seen uh, Jacob again until she, after, uh, she was dead by the time he got back. Her real motive for revealing or is being revealed here. She doesn't want to lose either one of her sons, which I can see a mom not wanting to do that. And she doesn't want to feel the grief of loss. She doesn't want to do that. But the problem here is, is she tricked her son. She was privy to a little, it's dangerous to have information. Information is dangerous. She was privy to some information God told her that the younger would serve the older. Now she's going to make that happen. And you just don't need to do that. Uh, if the Lord tells you what's going to happen, I, I heard a old preacher say one time, it's, it's no, yes, or maybe, or not now. And sometimes you just got to wait. And, and, if, and if you're praying about something and the Lord says yes, but not now, then just wait. It'll, it'll happen. And it may be 25, 30 years. You may not be ready. I may not be ready for that yet. You just got to wait, wait till it happens. Then you get it. Then you get it. And guess what? Along the way, there's plenty of stuff to keep you busy, to keep you out of trouble along the way that you don't have to worry about that thing way down there. Uh, let that thing go. Rebecca, uh, Rebecca then deceives Isaac. Now she goes in and talks to her husband. First she tells Jacob, and she goes, this is just character. This is people. We don't have to be like it. She goes in and tells Jacob that you need to run from Esau. Esau's going to kill you because what we just did to him. Then she goes, oh, oh, Isaac. And I said this last week. She blinks her little eyes at him. And she goes, I just don't want Jacob to marry the daughters of the land. It'll be so bad on me. if it... And she convinces Isaac. And Isaac, I don't know why Isaac, Isaac didn't get mad at Jacob. I would, I would have probably assumed, unless he knew that the Lord was in the thing. But anyways, uh, she pleads with Jacob, or Isaac, and Isaac uh, sends him away and uh, and Jacob is now telling them. So, so in Ezekiel, it says the, the sins of the father will not be transferred to the sins of the son, and the, or the son and the sins of the son shall not be transferred to the father. 
So you're, you're guilty on your own account. You don't have to worry about anybody else helping you. Uh, you don't have to worry about what you do is, is going to affect somebody else. Somebody else could affect them, but they're, they're, they're uh, responsible for their own action. Jacob is now telling, uh, so now we're back up to where we're at. Uh, Jacob is telling his wives all that has bought, befallen him the last 20 years uh, due to listening to his mother. Verse 13, the Lord tells him to go back, and Jacob starts going back. Uh, in Genesis 27 11, it says this, And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is hairy. Jacob knew exactly what he was doing. And so do you and I. I don't know if you've ever done something wrong and known you've done it wrong and you were doing it wrong and you knew it was wrong before you even thought about doing it. And when you thought about it, you knew it was still wrong and you did it anyways. Amen. That's called wrong. Okay, if you don't get that, it's called wrong. Uh, <laughs> You do it, I do it, doesn't matter, it's still wrong. Uh, he goes, and my father, he said, my father preventure will fill me. Yes, of course he will. And I, I shall seem to him as a deceiver. And you are, because he knows you, you're his son. And I shall be, bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. But he did it anyways. Jacob, Jacob is a surplanter, man. He's just a dangerous guy. Uh, that's, I tell you guys all the time that I feel like sometimes that's me. I got to watch it. Verse 14, Jacob now is telling his wives, and uh, he's got, I'll tell you what, he's got a couple good wives. Uh, they can reason, they think. Rachel and Leah both are, are in a sense, uh, I got to hand them, I get them to give credit. It says, verse 14, 31, 14, and y'all didn't think I was going to get here, did you? <laughs> Told you I was. And Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, is there yet any uh, portion of inheritance or inheritance for us in our father's house? Uh, are we not counted of him strangers? For he has sold us. And had quite devoured also our money, for all the riches which God had taken from our father, that is ours, and our children's. Now then, whatsoever God hath said unto thee, do. Uh, both ladies know their father uh, bartered them away. Now, I think that's a good idea. I like that idea. But it don't work in this, in this society anymore. Uh, but, man, I mean, if you could just sell your daughter or your sons and make money on them, man, I mean, it's... I mean, after 18 years, it's like you would think that if you should be getting something, you should get something back for that. Uh, but it don't work that way anymore. So it's just somehow we've deceived ourselves and we let a whole society tell us that. And it's all about white. If you're, if you're a husband and you're a father, not even white, you don't even be white. If you're a husband and a father in America and you try to do the right thing, uh, they think that you owe them everything. So the more kids you have, the worse it gets because the kids all think you owe them. Uh, and they, you don't, but that's what the, or we're taught that way. I like the old time, man, where they just said children are, are seen and not heard. You can hang that one up, too. That don't work no more. Uh, I had, the school system is shot by anybody, if you don't know that. And maybe we took our kids out of school. I got you. I got you. I, I agree with that. Uh, 50, 60 years ago, we took the kids out of school, and maybe we shouldn't have done that. Maybe we should have nurtured up our children a little bit different. I would have been one of those children that should have been nurtured up at the time, so I can, I can say this. But, but uh, maybe we should, it should have, as a, as a nation, as a Christian church, we should have nurtured the children up and, and helped them a little bit more, got more involved in what they were doing. Today, that ain't going to happen. So you cannot just say, I'm going to throw my kids right back into a public school system and get away with it. They won't happen. The peer pressure is too strong for them. They can't do it. I'm telling you what, they, it, adults can't do it. Why would we try to make a kid do it? The place is shot, man. I mean, there's, there, I don't think there's any recovery. There's just no recovery. 
And I wouldn't want to put my kids, well, fortunately, I don't have to worry about that. I've talked to Beth about adopting. She said she'd shoot me first. So, and I got her. Both ladies knew that their father bartered them away for personal gain. The father rarely gave uh, anything to them over the years. He was, he was out to make Jacob take care of his stuff. And once he gave them his two daughters, man, he didn't care. One, Jacob was just a hired hand out there. That's all he cared about. And those two girls weren't really taken care of. And, and they produced 11 kids uh, for Jacob and a daughter. Uh, the future was with Jacob. Both those ladies seen that. Now, the two handmaids never said a whole lot here, but these two girls are, are really his first wives. And both of those ladies said, we know exactly where our bread is buttered. Uh, they were behind Jacob. They must have watched Jacob over the 20 years, and I got to hand him that. And they seen that Jacob did the right thing and did the right thing by them, and they, he took care of them. And he made sure they all had exactly what they needed, their tents and their this and their that and everything else. And the, the sand outside was raked and all that other stuff was just exactly where it was. The camels were uh, all gassed up and had fresh windshield washer fluid in them and all that other stuff. I mean, the, he made sure they had everything they needed. Uh, and they said, we can trust him. And they went. It says, uh, so they said at the end of that verse 16, whatsoever God has said unto thee, do. Now that is something that is earned. That isn't something you just get. If, if you want God, if you want your wife or your kids to look up to you, and I'm talking about men here right now, you want them to look up, you got to earn that. That's something that you do over a period of time that is seen and, and you can put it in. It's a tangible thing, and people see it. Beth told me a lot of times, she says, Mike, I know that every decision you make, you always include me in that decision before you make that decision. I do. I will still make that decision, and I'll make it the way I, because if I blow it, I blow it. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. But, but I will take her input, and, and her input's valuable sometimes. Uh, most of the time, I'll add it in there and make that decision, but I still have to make that decision. She trusts me, and, and she, I told her we're going to sell the house. She's okay, we'll sell the house. That's her house. I built that for her. Every piece of wood, she watched that thing go together. Every piece in there, the staircase, everything. She watched me put that thing together for her and her kids. And she said, okay, we'll sell it. Whatever you say, do. That's what we'll do. Now, to leave Dayton, she said, hang that one up. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> or let me drive. She, ain't, she has limits. She's not perfect Proverb 31 wife yet. But we're working on that. Verse 17, and Jacob rose up and set his sons and his wives upon camels. And he carried them away. Man, that's why we need some women to just jump up on a camel and take off, man. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's a woman there. And he carried away all his cattle, which was everything Laban had. <laughs> you got to hand it to Jacob, man. Jacob did good. I got to hand it to him. He, I mean, he, he came in 20 years later. He goes out. He's very wealthy. And all his goods, which he had gotten, the cattle of his, uh, his getting, uh, which he had gotten, it paid Dan, paid Dan a ram uh, for, to go to Isaac, his father, in the land of Canaan. And Laban went to shear sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images, which were her father's. Later on, he's going to talk about those were Laban's gods. Uh, Jacob, Jacob's wise guy, he waited till Laban went out of town on a business meeting, and then he headed out of Dodge. Uh, he, did not want day, he did not want Laban to come and try to take everything back away from him. He wanted to make, get some distance between him and Laban before he did anything. Uh, and, and he didn't care, man. He just, he didn't want to fight. He didn't want to fight with Laban over anything. And he, there's probably some good things. So he fled, verse 21. So he fled with all that he had, and he rose up and passed over the river and set his face toward Mount Gilead. And it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob uh, was fled, and, it took, uh, and he took his brethren with him and pursued after him seven days. So Jake, Jacob has done got a good head start on him. 
uh, and they overtook him in Mount Gilead. And uh, this is probably where I'm going to stop it right here. Verse 24, and God came to Laban the Syrian in a, in a dream by night and said unto him, take heed what thou speak, how thou speak, take heed that thou speakest not to Jacob or uh, either good or bad. Keep your mouth shut. Now, brethren, you may not believe this, but God will take care of you. I have, I have over the years been in, in, in places where I have watched things happen and I just turn it over to the Lord. Uh, we had a, a meeting back here one time and somebody in the church was going to uh, come in and correct everything I've done, and which they could. I mean, they could probably be easy to do. I chose five guys out of the church and took them back there and said, okay, guys, I submit my, this is what I did. I walked in the door. I said, I submit myself to you five guys. Whatever you five say do, that's what I'm going to do. This meeting is you guys are the judges. You're the Supreme Court here, so we're going to do that. The other guy said, I'll never submit to them. I'm more spiritual than they are. And, brother, that guy came in with a Bible in his hand, and he, could, he got so frustrated, he could not flustered. He couldn't even open that book. He was going to show them exactly where I messed up and all this other stuff. He could not even open that book. And I just stand in the corner like this. Da, 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 da. This isn't my fight. <laughs> I said, guys, if you want me to resign, I'll fill out a piece of form right now. I'll resign in a minute. I said, I can go start something somewhere else. I mean, I already know where the Lord's at. I don't have to worry about it. And this guy ends up leaving the church and all this. I've watched stuff like that happen all the time. It's like that pastor I was telling you, I, needed, I knew the Lord told me to go to Bible college. It was more than just, oh, I had a dream. It was more than that. I mean, I got a set of orders out of Road to Spain that was impossible to get, and I got them to Pensacola, Florida for three years to go to Bible college. I mean, hang it up. It ain't going to happen. I had to miss movement of a ship to get those set orders. All that stuff that had to transpire to put me at a place in Rota, Spain, so I could pick that phone up, it, it took two or three weeks to get me there. I ended up in Sigonella, right in France on a runway. And I don't know if you ever, they had to drop a C-130 down on the runway. We couldn't even use the airport. They had to drop a C-130 down, and we're all standing at the end of the runway. And here, looking up in the sky, da 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 We can't even go in the airport the way the treaties are written. And this airport, come, this plane comes down out of the sky and lands on the runway and stops. And the tailgate opens up, and we all jump on it, and they take us over to Sigonella. Well, in Sigonella, they can't even put us in a barracks over there. I'm military. I can't even go into barracks because I'm, the treaties, the way the treaties are written and the way I was, we was at there, uh, they put us in a basketball court. All night long, that's why I hate sports, man. I mean, I can't stand it. I couldn't sleep. You mess with my sleep, and I'm going to hate everything you do. Uh, so they, then a couple days later, sometime later, they throw us on a C-5 and fly us over the road to Spain. And I'm still trying, how am I going to get to my ship? It's off the coast of West Africa, out 90 miles out to sea. How am I going to get to that ship? Lo and behold, there's a ship sitting right there, the USS Neo Show, that's going to go out there and put gas in my ship. And I didn't, how was I supposed to know that? In all the world, you're going to put me in a place where there's a ship that's going to go out and refuel my ship and drop me off helicopter, going to take me in a helicopter, fly me over, and set me right down on my ship. That's all accident. It looks like accident. But in the process of that, by me going down there, he puts this little sticker on my ID card, USS Neo Show. The moment I got that sticker, everything in the world changes for me. And now I can use anything because my ship, the USS Neo Show, is tied to the pier. Once my ship's tied to the pier and I got a sticker on my ID card, I can go into any facility I want to go and do anything. I got a few minutes, I don't know, maybe an hour, 
And I run up there and pick up an auto wire phone and call and get a hold of the detailer. That is astronomical. That, I could win the lottery faster than that happens usually. And I'm sitting there going, when he picks the phone up, I'm stunned that he picked the phone up. And I'm like, hey, I, I want to set orders to Florida. The guy laughs at me. I've got minutes. My ship's getting underway. i got to get on that ship. He's laughing at me. I pull the phone away from my ear and say, Lord, what do you have me do? What do you want me to do? I don't know what to do here. You want me to get in, stay out? Da, 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 da. And here's I'm like, hey, would, I want to say, would you shut up, man? I'm praying. And uh, the guy goes, hey, Elliot. I said, yeah. He goes, man. He goes, I'm thinking Jacksonville, Mayport on this side over here somewhere. He goes, I got a set of orders to Florida, but you ain't going to like them. I'm like, where are they? He goes, Pensacola, Florida, for three years. Would you want to go to Pensacola, Florida for three years? And I was just getting ready to say, wait a minute, I'm going to pray about that, and I'll tell you. And I got this, like, Lord saying, you idiot. What did you just ask? I said, I'll take them, I'll take them, I'll take them. And I hung the phone up, go get on my ship, and out to sea. All of that was to make that phone call. Everything missing that ship out of France, taking Beth up to bringing her over, all that timing I, I told Beth we got married. I'm telling you, if you don't trust God, you're, you're going to mess your life up. you got to trust him to the point where you don't even know what's going on. And you're just going to trust what he does. I married Beth. And we were married three months, and I'm out to see 10, 8, 10 weeks in those three months. That's only 12 weeks. And she moves all the way to Norfolk, Virginia with me. And, and I'm out to see most of them pre preparing to go on a six-month cruise. And I told her, I said, get some Euro passes and I'll fly you over there. <laughs> that sounded different. That sounded like somebody's watch. Anyways, I said, hey, get a set of, or get a set of Euro passes. I heard they, you can travel around Europe on trains for two weeks at, for one price. And she gets them. So when I fly her into France, I had to go pick her up and bring her up. And I took two weeks vacation. And I go up to Germany to see my little sister and my ship gets underway. How could you figure that out? You can't figure that. There's no way you could possibly even figure I didn't even know I was going to marry her when I married her and bring her out there three months later and then go out to sea for six months and then fly her to France and then miss my ship while I'm in Germany. First of all, he had to get my sister in Germany so I could go up and see her so I could miss my ship. Do you see how much stuff he did to get me to that phone? Now, brother, you can't do it yourself. You can't. It's impossible. It's, you can't do it. What you got to do is day by day. Say, Lord, what would you have me do? <laughs> and then go out and mess up. And say, Lord, I messed up. Be honest. Lord, I messed up. <laughs> oh, did I mess up? Oh, you've seen everything I just did. Get it right and move on. And get up the next day and do the same thing. And guess what? One of these days, that door will open right up. And it'll be sitting in front of you, and it'll go click, 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 and you won't know how that happened. How in the world, but you look at all the stuff he had to do to get that thing to happen. You got to get to the place where you just trust him. You trust him with your life. You trust him with your wife. You trust him, if I can find something else to rhyme real quick, I'd do that too. You trust him with your family. You trust him with your finances. You trust him with everything you got. It's not yours, it's his. He gives it and takes it away. You don't have to do like Jacob and finagle everything and steal from somebody else to get what God wants you to have. He'll give it to you. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the lessons through this uh, Genesis, Lord. Lord, thank you for our Bible. Most of all,